Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. What's up, everybody, our loyal Light the Fight listeners and the new people to Light the Fight? I apologize ahead of time. We're going to try to keep our bantering to a minimum today because we want to get to a lot of great information. But I'm David. And I'm Heidi. And we are Light the Fight podcast. And thanks for visiting us with us as always. I'm trying not to be as sarcastic today. It's not going well. Dang it. All right. I give up. All right, you guys. <laughs> I was trying to be, what's that called? It starts with a P, ends with a professional. I was trying to be professional, but no, it just didn't yeah, work out this, so well. Just so you guys know, if you're listening, we're not professional. We're just real. We just like to be real deal. <laughs> and so you just suffer suffer through it. So we have professions. We just are not professional. That professional about our professions. That's the only problem. Well, At least gets, I'm not. you know, it gets to the evening and the professional kind of wear, it, it just kind of wears off. Yeah. Those things are going to have to craft themselves right now because you, <laughs> you've had enough of them. Plus, you know, the stuff that we talk about, you guys, it's real. It's not scripted. It's not like we can't. I don't think anyone's ever thought we were scripted once they listen to our podcast. Like maybe they should be scripted. No, that'd be so Okay. Thank goodness. It would be boring. Well, um, let's get after it. Uh, first off, a uh, big shout out to one of our sponsors. If you haven't heard us talk about them before and you've got a teenager that's need in need of help, go to teencounseling.com. Make sure you use backslash LTF. You can get your first 10, get your 10% discount your very first month. It's online e-therapy, e-counseling, right in the in your mobile device in your hands. Great to help you get from point A to to point B, a lot of you out there looking for counseling, don't have the resources in your area, will do not worry anymore. Teen counseling backslash LTF, 10%. They'll give you the greatest service ever. They'll get back to you within 24 hours. Once you fill out the information, they'll hook you up with the therapist that is best suited for you. Talk with the therapist, get to know them, set up the appointment with your kids. Next thing you know, bada boom, bada bing, you're in it, you're getting counseling and it's better you guys just start talking about challenges before they become big challenges. So as always, teencounseling.com. I want to thank you so much for the great services you provide. In fact, I spoke this weekend to a school and one of the people came up and said, yeah, we've been using teen counseling. And I was like, and they're like, it's been great. Like it's, you know, we haven't had major stuff, but we wanted to get after it. My daughter loves it. She's talking and just she, that mom said the same thing. It's just, I know if something were to come up that's, she's got stuff going on, but if something would come up that was really heavy, she's already been talking about it. So thanks to Teen Counseling and you guys should check them out, teencounseling.com backslash LTF. And our other community sponsor, we got to give mad love to. We love our friends over at 1-800-CONTACTS. <laughs> and they they make good contacts, amazing customer service. Um, but actually that's not the thing that I love the most about them. What I love the most about them is that they're super invested in our community yeah. the the people who work for them and really that was what got us involved with them is that they wanted to address the social health challenges that that were in the community of their um their workplace and so they have made this possible for us and um so we appreciate that and for those people who don't like lots of ads on podcasts we only give you a couple because 
we're, we're not trying to get money off these podcasts, but we do need to keep the lights on, some <laughs> things going. So big shout out to um, 1-800-CONTACTS. They've been a great help to us. And also when you have a company that's, that, that is that big, that many associates, that many employees, you're going to have people that are going through different struggles and challenges throughout their life. And the fact that they put that as a priority for their own people and their community just makes us so proud to rep them. So thank you, 1-800-CONTACTS. And let's get starting to talk about seeing clearly, but with a different perspective, not just our eyes, but <laughs> with our right. emotions and our feelings. That's right. We're going to talk about our feelings. It's David's favorite topic. He never gets tired of it. Never get tired of talking about feelings and and, and he helping just, create he safe spaces. Loves <laughs> that I just have so many problems, right? You're, you're just, I mean, I will say this. I'm going to say this, that David even pointed out to me in the last two weeks that he's noticed some growth in me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have to tell you that I appreciated that. So Absolutely. all of you who are listening, if you have people in your life and you notice that they're growing and that they're improving or that things like- Or they're freaking out a little bit less. Maybe maybe things that they would have handled differently they're handling now, be sure to compliment them because actually, you know, what happened is I just came home from a big show and what we talked about was that in the last couple of years when I've come home from that show, I've kind of- been on meltdown. And and if you've heard us talk, if you've been listening, you know that like David used to say to me, okay, Heidi, when you come home, do not plan anything. <laughs> you, you know, he, he used to give me this advice that I really needed a runway to come home yeah. on. And um, this year was different. I came home with a different amount of energy. And um, I didn't think that much of it because I was really focused on some goals that I had. And it wasn't until David said, do you remember two years ago, one year ago when you came home from the show? And do you remember how you felt and then how depleted you were? And, and this has been really different. And and I'm driving home and I was like, yeah, I'm feeling good. <laughs> and so I just. I'll say you don't have one of those new Teslas, so make sure you're still driving. I was you're, driving. Don't feel that good where you don't have to let go of the wheel. <laughs> but, you know, there's not very many people that maybe for me that I, that I've opened up to you, uh, well, I've opened up to everybody about these struggles, but it meant a lot to me that you reminded me of the growth because sometimes we just can't see it yeah. in ourselves. And you also know, I wouldn't just throw that out haphazardly like, oh, you're, you're not as bad as you were a couple years ago. <laughs> no, some specific details yeah. that made you go, Oh, that's right. I wasn't in the same place, you know, and that was three shows ago. So right. three winners ago, because we're coming on our third year of the podcast now. And it just, it just made me reflect. It helped me see things a little bit differently. And so I think that as parents, we were always kind of dealing with that neck, that, that most recent issue, mm-hmm. you, you know, that the hottest thing happening and maybe we're not giving credit where credit is is due. Yeah. And um so I just kind of wanted to share what like that was that made a major impact for me to to have it pointed out to me that that I was different. And I've I've put in some work and I've um and so and so it made me feel really good. That doesn't mean I'm not facing special struggles right now, but there's certain things that that have improved. And so I appreciate that. 
Well, I, I think it's a helpful thing too, because most of us, we just go throughout our day. We think these things to our loved ones, our family members, our friends. And sometimes the thought doesn't get put into actual words and vocalized through air. And the person wouldn't know that we had those thoughts and feelings. And that might be something that they need at that particular moment. And also it might be something for us to state as well at that particular moment, because we're doing that for other people. It's easy for us to give ourselves a little bit of slack. Like, hey, you know what? I've improved quite a bit. You know, like last week I had a little, little bit of a meltdown and, and my wife was like, what are you complaining about? And she just went over this list of things of how this month is so much better than last January, the January before. And I'm like, I got nothing. She's right. Okay. I'll shut up. I'll quit complaining. And so it was really good that she kind of said the same things and told me like, look how much you've come. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh gosh, thank you so much. So I'm glad I could do that for you. Cause my wife did that exact same thing yeah. for me last week. So you guys get out there send those texts, make those comments, let people know. I like to do the, hey, remember at this particular time? Now look where you're at now. Yeah. It's just a good measuring stick. So Yeah. And, and I think like for me, I'm often doing that in my scrapbooking. I'm often like writing the way that I feel about people around me. And and it's it's unusual to walk into a room and be like, oh, I, well, I was just really, you know, like, you don't go into those really like tender moments as people are passing through like ships in the night, you know, while they're watching Netflix or TikToks or, you know, all these whatever things that you're competing with. And so I think taking that time to do it, to give a text or write a little note or just just notice it. Um, and that's something that I want it. I just want to kind of send that out into the universe. Everybody just take a minute. Each one of these people that live in your house that you know very intimately and look for a place that you can give them a genuine compliment in that will help them gather strength. Um, I think that that's something very, very valuable. So, well, I have a name for this, as you can be surprised oh, that I would name this. I didn't right. know. Okay, well, well, well you, you came to some of the Quit Tripping support groups. I don't know if we ever did this while you're there, but we call it Don't Hate, Congratulate. Yeah, I love that. So it's 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 a little technique and maybe we'll talk about it in, in another platform, whatever or something. But basically what it is, is taking time. We call it Don't Hate, Congratulate because it's so easy to be critical of our loved ones, oh. especially when you're a parent and it's your job to- tough. Yeah, exactly. You think it's your job? Yeah. And also it's easy for kids to be critical back of their parents because parents model being critical. Yes, we do. And so, <laughs> you know, I've got a lot of people that say, well, listen, how am I supposed to get stuff done if I don't tell them what they're doing wrong? I'm not saying you can't tell them what they're doing wrong. Like you can make your kid feel like a million bucks, like they could achieve anything. And if they make a mistake, that's the moment where you got to be honest with them. Like and so, honest honesty also can work in, in this way too. With the don't hate, congratulate. They say, hey, listen, remember when you're down and out? Remember when this happened? Well, I see a huge change in you now. So that's how the don't hate, congratulate works. Is like you talk about the things that maybe they've hated upon themselves. Maybe they've been criticized. Even if you've criticized that person or that, and then you flip it into a don't hate, but actually congratulate. So there you go. We, we gave you guys another uh, you know tool. Where, Hot off the press right there for you. Well, you know, I want to. I'm glad you brought that up. And, right? and actually, let's. this kind of goes into what I thought that maybe we could talk about. Yeah. Because I sort of, <coughs> I feel like I've had a little bit of a win. And um, I've. this is a win that 
that's happened between myself and my son Connor, and I've actually I asked him if he could sh- if I could share sweet what happened, and so um and he's still waiting to get back to you, but you're going to share it anyways. <laughs> well, I mean, he is underage, <laughs> and so I am going to be careful with um all of the details of what happened. But you know, as you guys know here at the at Light the Fight, we often are talking about the importance of not freaking out. And um, just this week, actually, my wristband broke, so I got a I got a scrounge run up out of our out of our. Yeah, we only here. have like five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had an interesting opportunity to be the non freaker outer in a situation. Now, this doesn't happen very often. <laughs> no, I think and okay, so let me just kind of set this up and share with you what happened, and I want to. I want to talk about this because I think that, you know, we talk about being critical is sometimes what we feel like our role is. But what I want to talk about now, I think, is actually a very important job of a parent. And that is to kind of diffuse highly stressful, freaking out situations. And um, I haven't always been really great at diffusing a situation, but better at starting them. I'm really good. <laughs> really good. Better at starting the yeah, fire than putting it out. Right. I don't, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, this this went down a couple of weeks ago, but Connor, who is my 12-year-old, um, came with me out of town. And in this, when I went to my show in, in Phoenix, and um, he was off track, which, so if you're, if you're not from around here, off track is is a way of the school system to manage more kids. It's a a crowding, an overcrowding technique. And so what happens is they have certain kids that that are in school and then other sets of kids that are off school. And so they, you just have like- Just like a revolving door, just keeping- It's like year round school or you have longer breaks in different, more often. And it kind of offsets like that really long summer Mm. schedule. So Connor's in elementary and has this off this track system and when connor goes off track we all just kind of like like just the stress and anxiety of school um of going to bed like bedtimes and wake up times and reading time just like all that just like it's just the best break and i love off track i hear a lot of moms complain about off track but I can really love get behind some off track time. Oh yeah, me too. Um, now, when we went out of town, he would come home and only have like one or two more days before school was um, gonna go back on track. And traditionally, um, in the last several years, the f- couple of days before going back on track, um, Connor's anxiety starts to kick up again he's starting to because i'm starting to say okay now we're gonna start to reel back in the bedtime (laughs) we're gonna start to get up a little bit earlier we're gonna start to get back on track you know and so his anxiety starts to go up so the reason why i'm telling you this is because we'd been traveling he'd stayed up late he'd been um maybe not eating Definitely not eating a consistent, <laughs> you know, and his own personal anxiety was starting to churn up. Well, he came home from hanging out with a friend or a set of friends 
And he came in the door and just immediately was in tears. And he was telling me things in this interchange with his friends that ways that his feelings had really been hurt. And it was clear that he felt like he was really being picked on. And he just decided, I don't care about them. I hate them. I'm just going to, I would rather just sit and watch YouTube. Like, and, and Connor is super social and he loves to be outside. And so when he would choose to be inside, that kind of causes me to like raise my eyebrow, right? And just super, super emotional. And it, and and so my spidey senses or whatever, I'm starting to be like, okay, mm, we're going back on What's track. Going on? I'm, yeah. like, I'm like kind of bracing myself for impact, right? Because this is always stressful. Well, <coughs> fast forward into the night and he still has one more day before going, <laughs> going back to school. Um, that night we're all kind of sitting around as a family and my older kids start teasing him. He'd had a nightmare the night before. They're teasing him about the nightmare. They're talking trash. They're poking fun at him for, for having a nightmare, for being scared, you know, for whatever, and for not wanting to go to bed, just for all the things that, I mean, bless the older siblings. You just want to knock their heads together. Right. You know, you just like cut them, cut them some slack. Um, next thing I know, again, Connor's just in tears. He's not handling. And, and the reality is, as, as I'm sitting there, I did not feel the attack was as bad as Connor was receiving it, but he was receiving it super emotionally. And I was like, something is up. Yeah. And, um, I knew he was tired, you know? And, um, so when I took him down to go to bed, put him to bed, he was still just crying and all of his friends hated him and all of his family hates him. And he just didn't belong anywhere. And things really like started spiraling down quickly. And he was back into some really negative, um, destructive thoughts, which I just, I just didn't want him to put him to bed on those negative destructive thoughts. And, you know, I was sitting there thinking, I don't think your friends really hate you. You know, so I'm, I'm kind of going into that like repair mode of mom. Like your friends don't hate you. They like you. They love you. Everyone loves you. But, but for him, that that wasn't enough. It, he didn't feel loved. He didn't feel accepted as he was. He felt like an, like an outcast. And, and I couldn't, like, I can't take away those feelings from him. And so I did something um, that worked actually really well. And that's why I want to share it. Um, so I said to Connor, you know, I've been, I've been listening to you today and just kind of watching you and and, and it's been weighing heavy on me that, that you've felt so sad and picked on. And I said, can I tell you what, can I tell you what's come to my mind as I've just, just thought about this because it's kind of been making me sad. And he, and he's like, yeah, what? And I said, 
Now, I don't want you to get mad at me because I'm coming. I said, I'm just going to be really honest with you. I said, I feel like you might be a little oversensitive right now. And I said, I think that there's a chance that because we just came back from Arizona and you admittedly didn't sleep very well and that you kind of ate a bunch of junk and that you're probably not super excited about going back to school. I said, I'm wondering if maybe like all you being tired and being stressed might make it hard, like might be making you oversensitive to things that people are saying. And I said, in fairness, Connor, you know that I will go head to head against anybody that is going to give you crap. I said, but as I listened to your brother and sister tonight, they weren't being mean. They weren't trying to ruin your life. They were, they were trying to have fun with you and you were sad and you felt hurt and now you feel like they hate you. But Connor, is there a chance that you might've just been like overreacting? And I was just so happy that he kind of, kind of started thinking and I could tell like his little brain was like, I did stay up really late in Arizona and I don't want to go to school and I am feeling a little stressed. And he was like, maybe. And then that just gave me this opportunity to say, Connor, you are loved by your friends. You are loved in this home and you are accepted and you're allowed to be tired and you're allowed to be stressed out. But I want, I, but I want you to know that <coughs> sometimes when you get this feeling, it makes everything worse. And having that conversation really calmed him down before bed. So he didn't go to bed with this, I hate me, or, you know, that everybody hates me mentality. He went to bed understanding he's got a lot going on and that it did kind of maybe possibly cause him to be oversensitive. Um, and, and I share that because I think that that is a lot better than saying, stop over, stop freaking out or stop overreacting. You overreact about everything, you know, or stop being so sensitive about everything. Pull yourself together. You know, like that's the old, the old Heidi might've said, you are overreacting about everything. Now just go to bed, you know, rather than trying to dissect the situation a little bit more to help him see it. So I, I was just like a counselor. Well, I was just, first of all. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. 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 Slow clap. So, um, <laughs> you've come a long way, Heidi. Come a long way. That was, that was really good. And I'm going to break down to you guys um, why that was really good. Uh, so, <clears throat> first off, if you have not listened to our episode on Stab the Balls, or Don't Stab the Balls, was it? <laughs> 
Yeah, That's j- where you really see just that for five Just for shiz and giggles. Okay, go back and listen to that episode and then skip right back to this one. You've come a long way, young Padawan. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, but here's 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 what, since we're using you as the, the you know, the guinea pig, so to speak. <laughs> so as we've established, fe- freaking out, easy. Don't have to take a course on it. You have to get graduate loans or student loans or anything like that. Just, just gifted natural gifts. Just, just let your natural inner <laughs> what your parents said to you growing up. Just let it come out your mouth, okay? And freaking out is easy to do. <clears throat> However, there is an art to not freaking out. Yeah. And the most important part of not freaking out, and I, I can't give this to parents. And I know Heidi, you wish you give it to parents. I, I wish I could give it to parents because a lot of things have to happen in their own individual personal lives. But decisions have to be made in a mother, a father, whatever your role is. You know, if you're a grandmother raising a kid, whatever the role is in your parenting, a decision has to be made of what kind of parent you are going to be and what type of parent you refuse to be anymore. If it's something that you know you used to do. I like that. And if you say, I am going to be this type of parent. Then it helps to look at yourself and say, okay, what, what of these attributes of what I think a successful parent should be or should talk like, should sound like, what are those attributes that I already have and what are the ones I need to acquire? So you knew the ones you had, hardworking, all these different types of things. Patient and slow to anger was definitely on the to-do list, okay? <laughs> and so what what happened was um, in the past, I'm use this using some of uh, my terminology. When we've talked about... Um, having a victim mentality, as I call it, we entertain victim thoughts as human beings where we feel helpless, hopeless, and there's nothing we can do about it. And then we share a lot about how asking someone a question, something sound like this, like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you doing that, Connor? Like, why are you freaking out so much? Because your, your brother and sister are making fun of you. Like, they're just making fun of you. Like, quit freaking out. Like, why are you freaking out so much, right? Well, <clears throat> there's Two ways to screw up a situation when your kids are sensitive or they may be in a bad place. You can ask them a bunch of questions, which makes them feel powerless and makes them feel like they don't know why you're asking. And it puts them on their heels and like, wait, what's going on? What do they know? Should, am I in trouble? Am I not in trouble? <clears throat> and then another thing you can do is what I call questioning statements. And questioning statements can sound like this. You're taking everything too personal. You're freaking out when you don't need to be. So again, a question, questioning someone is makes them feel like you're questioning their capability to handle a difficult situation. And when you're using questioning statements, you're stating that they are incapable of handling. So you're questioning their ability, but you're putting it in the form of a statement, right? Hence questioning statements. So in this line of, of in this scenario with, with your son, you didn't do any of those things. But what you did do is the very thing that I was just talking about a little bit ago, where I said that I wish I could give this to parents. When you decide what parent you're going to be, and then you're harshly critical of yourself when you're no long, when you're doing the opposite of that, that's not necessarily bad. When we're harshly critical of ourselves after the fact, when we've made mistakes, and we're not trying to better it, we're just didn't like the way it came out, and then we start blaming ourselves. That's not really helpful. Doesn't there's nothing to learn from that. We just beat ourselves up. But if we say, hey, listen, I'm going to be a parent that doesn't freak out. When these situations come about, when my kids are freaking out, 
I'm going to take the long game and I'm going to slowly be involved with them about what's going on to the point where I can gently persuade them to another place. So how parents can do this, and this is what you just did, was you have to use something that's very specific to get to the thing that they need to shift. What you need to do is you need to be very kind and you need to be very considerate of what they're feeling. So your kindness, your considerate is... You didn't freak out by him and, and telling him not to feel that way. You said, I can't tell you how to feel. That was very considerate. And your kindness was your body language, your facial expressions, right. really matching the exact same thing what you said. You're like, hey, but like, I know you're stressed. You said all the validating statements. I know this is difficult for you. I, I know going back to school can be hard. And I just know that, you know, this isn't something I can take away from you. I can stop you from feeling that. So you just kind of let him be. That's very kind. You're acknowledging that his stress is real. You're validating it. And you're not, you're, you're honoring it by not trying to change the way he thinks or feels about the situation. Then after you get through the kindness, then you get to show some concern of, man, like it looks like it's, this is hard for you, man. You just talk about the concern for a little bit. And after you talk about the concern, you get to the good stuff. You go kindness, concern, and then, drum roll, he got to say something that makes him curious. Okay, are you guys writing this down? I, I, I better put this in my notes. I like this. Well, I what you did was, and we've talked about this before. This is one of our tools that we discuss. You always want to focus on the connection before the concern. Yes. And in this scenario, the kindness is the connection. You're a mother. He's your son. Any son out there listening to this, any mother out there, or any girl out there listening to this, expects your parent to be kind to you when you're hurt. When anyone's going through a stressful time, we want people to come to our aid and tell us, is it okay? Are you all right? We love it when people give us sympathy when we're going through our time because it just, it just makes us feel like we're being taken seriously and we're being hurt, right? You know, my the old Heidi, just and I just want to interject. No, this, please do. That what I would have normally said is, you know what? You're going to be fine. You're yep. going to be fine. Everything is going to be fine, which doesn't really help. Well, and, and what the old Heidi was doing is it's painful for you to watch your kid yes, in pain. Yes. So we need so to, I'm trying to make myself we need to better. cut right through this and you need to tell him how he's supposed to feel because if somehow you can get him to like brainwash him to believe what you're believing, he won't have problems and he'll be successful. Well, the only problem with that is whenever you're struggling with something, if someone doesn't validate your struggle, then you get pissed off and makes the struggle worse. doesn't matter if you're 5, 10, 25, 35, 65. Right. This is just kind of how we take things personal as humans. So we A, want someone to come to our aid, and that's the kindness part that you just did. Okay. Then you showed concern by just kind of stating some some simple facts that validated that, you know, that, you know, what he was going through was was legit. And then you want to say something that sparks curiosity. And this is where you start to switch it from acknowledgement, acknowledgement, understanding, kindness, to now we're going to go to solution focused. So you, you address that there's a problem, but he's not the problem, but just there's a problem. Mm -hmm. And then when you switch over and you want to start focusing on saying things that spark his curiosity, I talk about this a lot. We will continue to talk about this a lot. Not just human beings, but specifically human beings that are in the teenager category. They're motivated by curiosity. If you can make them curious to learn, there's a high probability they're going to not just learn it, but also retain it. Mm 
That's the reason why video games don't have to give long tutorials about how to play. <laughs> Kids are curious. They just jump right in. They figure it out pretty quickly, okay. right? So when you talk about the next part as far as being, you go from the kindness, the concern, and now we start to switch over a little bit, right? And as you start to switch over and you spark their curiosity, you said a couple of things that were very curiosity sparking for sure. Okay. You looked like, you know what? And if you're watching this on YouTube, she had this very, even when you're talking about, it, you're like kind of like bewildered, like you're trying to f solve a problem with him. You know what? Like, I know you're stressed. I know you're having all these things. Man, I'd, I'd be stressed too. But one thing I was thinking about, like, you have kind of been off lately because, you know, we're out of town. Huh. You're giving all this credit to his struggle. You're putting all this credit in his account that his struggle is valid. But you're only doing this to spark his curiosity so he can see that you are a person that can potentially help him come up with solutions, not a person that's going to tell him how to feel, shortcut his learning curve and his healing process, but you're going to be with there supporting him, believing that he can get through it. Now, what's interesting about the curiosity part is we want our kids to be curious to learn, but we also want them to be curious about us. I had a conversation. Um, I spoke uh, earlier this week at a, at a local school and I had a conversation about curiosity with one of the parents afterwards. And they said, well, my kids aren't curious about what I think at all. They know exactly how I think. I don't like this, but I do like this. I don't like this. I do like that. She said, my reputation is that I'm not curious at all. I'm not fun at all. I said, okay, well, I suggest you change your reputation. Now, in her mind, she thought to change her reputation, she was going to have to be like Disneyland dad, which she said her her spouse was. And she looked at him as like, oh, he just gives them what they want. He's always nice to them. So I'm going to be the opposite of him. But the question really remained, was being the opposite of him, was that really the right move or was that a reaction to you not liking the way he did it? And she came to you know acknowledge pretty quickly. She said, yeah, I guess I go to extreme. Maybe me being sparking my kid's curiosity is just not being so hard-lined for or against something. Maybe I have to pretend I'm not so for or against something just to kind of see where they land because I don't want to push them to one side or the other. So she started thinking about things that make their kids curious. But what you said with Connor, I know that made him curious because it's not what you would normally say in the past. Now, it doesn't mean you can't keep on doing this. Some parents have told me, they said, well, if I do this a couple of times, my kid's going to be hip to it. I go, no, because you're going to get better at doing it. The first time you do anything, you, even if you're a natural talent at it, you're going to be a whole lot better if you do it every day for six months. So being curious, meaning making your kids curious about where your stand is, means sometimes we can't have such a hard stance on things. Mm -hmm. So the freaker out parent gets dismissed because that parent, your kid says, I know what you think. I know what you feel. You've told us way too many times. There's not room for us to have thoughts and feelings upon it. So we either have to agree with you and go along with you. Otherwise, we're going to be here for hours. <laughs> okay. So they just get to, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then as parents go, wait a second, they're just going along with what we say. So let me tell them again for another 30 minutes to see if they get it this time. The art of sparking curiosity and being a parent that's kind, concerned, and caring, and curious is helping your kids create solutions, and you don't get to be the blame if they make a bad move or a bad choice. You get to be the support person. No one rarely yells at the lifeguards like, hey, you weren't there to save me fast enough from the waves that were really big and the sign said swim at your own risk. Right. Well, a lot of times that's how we feel as parents. So 
to be the person there that's like, hey, I'm going to be here to catch you when you fall. But if you're going for something, if you're trying something new, if you want to be better at something, plan on falling, but you're not going to be alone. So what are like some of your that. thoughts about that? I like that. I, and I think, I mean, to be honest with you, as we talk in the podcast and you talk about curiosity, it's always kind of a place where I'm like, oh, crap, I'm not good at this. Like, Because you've got to play a role that you got to be smooth. You've got to yeah. be smooth yeah. and just kind of let things roll a little bit. Yeah, cause, because even when you say, you know, you don't have to be cool to play it cool. And I'm always like, oh, not cool, right? You know, like, it is so hard for me because I'm also, like, so up in people's grill. Like, I can't even leave any room for curiosity. Like, I just want to, like, goon. I just want to make sure everybody understands everything, that it's all, like, clear and written out. And um, so the fact that I actually did it without really knowing that I did yep. it was good because I said, you know, I, you know, do you want to know what I was thinking? And he did want to know what I was thinking. Cause you set it up just like a comedian that tells a really good joke. That's not like, Hey, what did the guy say to this? Like those street jokes, those don't work. But if you're like, listen, comedian, like, la, let's taste it. Boom. They get you like, Oh, they, yeah. they planted that. This is us as parents. We're learning how to pick our shots. How do we engage? It is quite the dance to have your kids going through a hard time and you be okay with their hard time, but showing concern that they are going through a hard time. That's a skill. That is an art form. And the parents that are able to find that wave and they can be concerned, but then not know, but then go, wow, well, what do you think? The more we know, it is easier for our kids to determine whether we're going to understand them or not. The less we pretend to be aware of and know, then our kids, they don't make decisions based upon if we're for it or against it. Because think about this. Your kids try to tell you something that they're frustrated about. They're waiting for your reaction to determine whether they should be frustrated about that or not. And if you get frustrated because they're frustrated, then they're getting frustrated that you didn't realize why they're really frustrated. <laughs> right. And it is a very confusing back and forth like that. So as parents, if we play it cool, like we're not frustrated, but we're being kind, we're showing concern, we're, we're focusing on some things to build that connection before we do, you know, at the same time, then when it comes time for us to give a blatant, like, here's what you need to do, we can phrase it in a... Would you mind if I shared my opinion? Well, I had some thoughts on this. Would you mind? You know, Would you like to like, know what I think? I feel like this never happens like when it's super convenient. When no. you're like fresh and you have 25 minutes to kind of, you know, like this usually happens. Your food under... will just be hot. And then this moment, like you're like, I'm not eating my dinner right yeah. now. Like something's going to happen where it's the worst time in the you world. Drew yourself a bath and... But, Right, but but that isn't that the time to see if it's really going to work or not? Because your kids, even though they don't know what your stresses are, they can feel that they're stress. But if they see you know how to really manage that stress, take a deep breath, and still be engaged with them with what they're going through, there is a certain reverence. There's a certain respect that, man, that must not have been easy for my parent. 
And a lot of parents would assume that because our kids are younger and they have no life experience with being an adult, that they don't know the stress you're under, which is accurate. They don't know the actual stress you're under, but they know that you have stress. Mm -hmm. They can tell, they can feel it. So if you, if you even say, hey, listen, to be totally honest with you, like I was having my own stressful day and I wasn't thinking about your stress, but let me hear more about it. Like, I want to hear about this. So give me one second. Let me put down my stuff, buy yourself a few minutes. Like, I want to give you all my full attention. When you try to listen to someone half-heartedly with one airbud in and, and the I other airbud out, yes. it's yes. like, I would rather you buy your time. time and say, tell you what, give me five minutes. Let me go put this down because... I need to give you all my time because in the past I've made the mistake, just listen to you kind of half in, half out, then you're going to get more frustrated with me and I don't want to do that again. People do not argue with people who are being agreeable with them. If you tell your kid that you've screwed this up in the past, you want to make sure that you don't screw it up. You want to give them their individual attention. So let me come back to it in a moment because there's sometimes that your kids are going to have their issues and, it's, and another issue is the timing of it. It's more important to go to them and tell them that you're going to give them all your time, but you got to give them just, hey, give me five minutes, 10 minutes. Let me do this real quick and I'll come right back. Most most of the time, I've, I can't think of any time off the top of the head, this didn't work. They understand that they'd rather have that than have you pressed for time. Right. Because well, no one likes to be talking to someone while they're talking, they're looking at you and then you turn your head for saying, you go back to them and they're staring at their phone. You're like, I moved for like a 10th of a second and you're already like, you thought that was an invitation to yeah. not listen and get yeah. on your phone again. Or, you know, like I'm the ultimate multitasker, you know? And so I'm like, yeah, come on in. I'm just going to be folding. You go ahead and tell me what's going on. I'm just going to be folding these clothes. You know, it, there's certainly an opportunity to give that full attention. I think that's good. And so what Heidi and I were talking about before this podcast came about where she was like, man, like I feel like I've learned so much about not freaking out. I'd like to share some like a win and some things you that you've been doing to help your kids not freak out. So freak don't freak out, you know, 1.0 is us. 2.0 is then modeling that for our kids so that when they come into difficult situations, they don't have to hear their parents say, "Don't freak out." You're actually showing them what it looks like to not right. freak out at that moment. Right. So I appreciate that. There's a lot of good nuggets in there. And I, I I also appreciate that you can kind of break it down so that I could maybe replicate it again. I kind of felt like I got a little bit lucky and, and maybe maybe things are starting to sink in. But I like that you kind of broke that down that, you know, I'm, I find myself, you know, you said something earlier. You said that when our kids are uncomfortable, it makes us feel uncomfortable. And we don't mm -hmm. like that feeling. We don't like carrying that feeling of feeling their pain. We have that angst. We're like, oh and, my gosh. And I'm definitely one that I don't in, enjoy feeling other people's pain. And, I, and I'm sensitive to it. I, I feel it. Um, and so I, my go-to is dismissing it. Like, it's just easier to dismiss but that's not your intention is to make them feel no. dismissed. It's just, it's so much easier. Like let's hurry up, get past this pain as fast as in possible. Fact, in fact, just like changing the subject or here, you want some gum or how about if we swing through here and get some chicken nuggets or, you know, those things that kind of, and sometimes that can work if it's light stuff. Yeah. But I think that this whole, like really giving your full attention, going through these steps. Um, there's an episode that we did a long time ago. Um, and, it's called um, low, no less 
so that you can, what is it? The less you blow up, the more you can follow up. No, 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 less you know. The less you know, the more. Blow up. And the the blow more up. they can learn. The is less that, you know, the yes, more they can yes, learn. Yes, yeah, that's that was it. a different one. I'm sorry. I thought you were going, sorry. you know, I, I got to make everything right. There's just so many. Yeah. yeah. If you know less, the kids can know, know more. And I think that. It's really pretend to know less so your kids can learn more. I think that that's really the the beginnings of that curiosity situation. And I don't think that I put yeah. together that podcast with curiosity. Like, I'm still putting pieces together here, people. <laughs> well, the, the tools, the tools that I talk about and the tools we've talked about, they're f like bite-sized nuggets. But your story of what you did allowed me to kind of unroll it a little bit further yeah. so you can see why I, I'm always saying connection before concern. But if we break it down a little bit more, it's like the kindness have to, has to proceed and come with the connection. Mm -hmm. Because someone that you're connected with, they're going to be kind to you when you're struggling. They're not going to be at odds with your pain. They're not going to be like, well, your pain is too much for me to handle, so you need to stop feeling it. Uh -huh. They're going to sit with it. And they're going to be like, wow, like, wow tell me more. Like, and you what can't happened? do that if you're freaking out. As a parent, can't do that. you cannot do it when you're freaking out. And that's why, like we said in the beginning, you have to choose right now at this moment what parent you are going to be. And then you got to ask yourself, in what areas am I that parent already? Okay, give yourself a pat on the back for that. But the areas that you're not, that's the areas you really need to focus on. Right. And whatever those areas are, you know, in this case with Heidi, it was, you know, you not being the person who brings the intensity, right? Some of you out there listening to this, you're a lot more intense than you realize you are. You're a lot more intimidating. You might look like a little, a little you, more intimidating. A lot more intimidating than you realize you are. My, my daughter's, yeah, my wife's five foot two. And she's like, I'm more scared of mom than you. I'm like, yeah, me too, babe. <laughs> <laughs> that makes two of us. <laughs> but there's something about certain people's personalities very, well, my wife, to her benefit and credit, she's worked so hard on being softer when she starts a conversation. And she didn't realize that, man, I am that intense, but she's used to like barking out orders every day. She's just talking, not realizing that her body language is sending a much stronger message. And, and you were doing such a good job of being like, hey, I'm gonna stay in the pocket. I'm not gonna freak out. And then once you didn't freak out, then you, all those other tools started coming to you. It's like, oh, yeah. if you're not all worked up and you're, your own, I'm a good mom is hinging on this particular moment, it's like you can just let it be, let it breathe for a little bit, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure that I freaked out the next morning, but it's just- But in front of him at that moment, no, yeah. you, you were there. You were on point. You're on point. Yeah. And I think, I think that when we're in conversations with friends and with siblings and with spouses and with coworkers and with children, um, that hypersensitivity and that over- sensitivity is a is a regular thing and so that's something that i think that rather than being dismissive of we can really look to use it as an opportunity to point that out to them help them see maybe why they're feeling in in a position where everything's piling in on them and helping them to kind of deconstruct some of that so yeah one way to help remember this um i use this analogy for different situations, but in this one in particular just came to my mind. Um, I'll tell parents, you want to look at it as a hot, medium, or mild response to your kids' struggles. And I do the same thing with uh, with suicide prevention, stuff like that. You have to identify, is this hot, medium, or mild? Meaning like, how intense is this is this situation? I tell parents all the time though, you only have a couple hot 
cards you can play. The mild ones is exactly what you're doing. You're just acknowledging what they're saying. You're like, oh, you're right in there with them. You're engaging with them. You're a support person, right? Those are the ones you're just, you're just going along with them, going along, helping them learn how to fish versus just catching the fish for them, mm -hmm. okay? Now, the medium ones, it's like, hey, there's stuff that's got to be get done. There's timelines. You can't just sit and talk about your feelings all day because you got to get to school. And those medium ones say, hey, listen, we're going to address this. This is serious, but we need to get keep it moving. And then you schedule time to talk about it later. So those are medium. You know, you can't just sit there with it, but you also don't want to dismiss it. The hot ones are the ones like, listen, you're freaking out right now. I'm going to handle the situation. We'll talk about it later, but you're going to thank me because I'd be thanking you if you did the same thing for me. Like, you know, sometimes a mom, you need to chill out. Well, if you've been doing a good job of listening to your kids, when you say, do you trust me? Like, well, it depends. You trust me, right? Yeah, I trust you. Okay. Let me handle this. We'll talk about it later. The intense hot ones, you can only pull those cards out every now and then. A lot of parents, they live in the hot reaction. Everything's a hot point, a hot point. This is going to be the end of your life. This could be the end of your schooling. This could be, if you live up in the hot, well, then your kid's like, man, let's just turn on the oven, man. Let's, 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 let's shut it off. Like this is too intense. I can't process this information. I can't be in this relationship. They're going to be less likely to open up and converse with you. So be really mindful. It's not that, because I get a lot of parents say, oh, you tell people all the time that they should just be chill and comfortable and not take things serious. No, no, no. I don't, we're not saying that. We're saying be careful not to make it a bigger issue than it really is. Mm -hmm. And only you will know that. So mild and medium, get a lot of those cards to play. You only want to come hard and intense and hot every now and then. Otherwise, they won't take it serious. Well, I think, I think that covers it for today. You guys, thank you for listening. As always, we sure appreciate you helping to spread the word telling your friends and your family about our podcast itunes leaving us reviews we yep. appreciate that we love that and um but more than anything we just um we should appreciate you listening and we would love to hear from you we're adding we didn't do it we didn't add questions maybe next week we'll do we'll questions add, next time add some, add some questions well we there. also questions are also considering having a couple interviews having some people yeah. come on the the podcast that have some very interesting specialties yeah so if you have questions you can go ahead and submit them you can submit them via our website at lifethefight.com you can submit them to our social media on instagram or facebook at light the fight um we love hearing from you we love to hear your wins we love to hear concerns we love to hear questions um so send those on over but um in the meantime thank you all of you for helping us to light the fight <laughs>